This is Bob Bro. Welcome to the Best Old Time Radio Podcast. This is Monday, July the 12th, 2021, and we're so happy to have you along. On Mondays, of course, we play a comedy, because you folks usually need a little levity to get the week started off on the right foot in a positive frame of mind. And so we have an episode of a family favorite for you today. So it's time for you to go over and get in that big, comfortable chair, get your feet up, relax, unwind, get rid of the cares of the day, and just sit back and enjoy our old-time radio comedy. It's coming up in just a moment. Okay, on the Comedy Corner this week, we're going to go visit Springfield and the Anderson family. You know, the ones on Father Knows Best. This one was originally broadcast on NBC on the 1st of October in 1953. It features the whole family, and it's a good example of uh, a typical American family, and probably any family in the world, as they sit down to dinner together, uh, everybody has their own agenda. And I like it for that reason, this episode. It features uh, Betty. The title is uh, Date Mix-Up. Now, Father Knows Best premiered on radio before it went to television. It was probably more popular on television. And to be honest, I think the television show was better. And I'll tell you why at the end of the show. So here we go to October 1st, 1953, a date mix-up on Father Knows Best. Father Knows Best. Yes, it's Father Knows Best, transcribed in Hollywood, starring Robert Young as father. A half-hour visit with your neighbors, the Andersons. There are certain things that parents are required to do for their children. There are many things they want to do for them, but there are a few things they should never do for them. Now, there's no published list of these things, and so about the only way a parent can find out what they are is to stumble into them by accident. Jim Anderson stumbled into one the other day. Little did daughter Betty realize what was in store for her as she helped set the table for dinner that evening. Like this. 
And then Ralph said to me, Betty, he said, I'd rather have you in old blue jeans than Marilyn Monroe in a mink coat. Wasn't that sweet, Mother? You're spilling the carrots, Betty. Huh? Oh. And don't set that hot plate on the table without something under it. Ralph is really very sweet. When you come right down to it, Mother, he is sweet. Mm-hmm. I've been misjudging him a lot, lady. But he was really very, very sincere when he told me he'd rather have me in blue jeans than... I wonder why he keeps mentioning Marilyn Monroe all the time. <laughs> Betty, please finish setting the table. Your father will be home any minute. He must have a blonde complex. That's all he can think about. Dinner ready, Mom? Almost. I'm hungry. Well, wash up and comb your hair. Oh, no use washing now. It's my turn to do dishes tonight. I'll get my hands soaked up good then. That doesn't make any difference. Do them now. Too much water is hard on them. Breaks down the tissues. <laughs> I don't think you're in any danger. Hurry now. Mommy! Make some red and flabby. Mommy! Yes, Kathy? Mommy, can I make some taffy? Not now. Dinner's ready. I won't make much. Please, can I? There huh? isn't time now. Mother, shall I put the roast on the table? I guess so. Your father's evidently going to be late. Betty, will you help me pull taffy tonight? No, I'm going to the library with Ralph. Bud, well... No! Mommy, make him help me pull taffy. Don't bother him now. He's washing his hands. I gotta write a theme tonight. Mommy. Kathy, just let it go for now. Don't keep needling me about it. Yeah, I gotta write a theme tonight. Mom, have I ever been embarrassed? Embarrassed? Yeah, uh, that's what I got to write about. My most embarrassing moment. Oh. We had our choice. Either that or the most vivid character I ever met. I see. I took the embarrassing one because I didn't know what vivid meant. <laughs> now, that's a fine reason. Margaret, I'm home. Oh, good. There's your father. Let's get to eating. I'm starved. Hello, Daddy. Hello, kitten. Will you help me pull taffy? Uh, we'll see. How are you, honey? Hello, dear. Hi, Dad. Hi. Say, this looks good. I'm hungry, too. Will you, Daddy? Will I what? Pull taffy. Kathy, don't bother your father now. He wants to eat his dinner. I'm sorry I'm a little late, Margaret, but Brownell's in town. Who? Brownell, vice president. Oh, oh, sure. Sure a nice fellow. Real pleasure to have him around. Not like old Cragson used to be. Well, that's nice. Carrots? Thanks. I uh, thought we might take him out to dinner some night. He'll be here for a couple of days. I think that'd be a good idea. Oh, by the way, Betty, I uh, fixed up a little date for you tonight. You, you did what, Father? Fixed you up a date. I'd like some of that jelly, bud. Sure. Father, look at me. What do you mean you fixed me up a little date? Just that. Brownell's son is with him, and he doesn't know anybody in town, so I arranged for him to come over and pick you up tonight. Might go to a show or a dance. Oh, so you arranged it. This is a wonderful roast, Margaret. What did you do to it? Just cooked it. <laughs> Father. Yes? Stop evading the issue and look at me. Evading the issue? What issue? You know what I'm talking about, this date. Well, I've told you everything I know about it. He'll be here around eight. That's fine. That's just fine. I thought you'd like it. <laughs> Bud, will you please pass the rolls? Sure. Father, how can you... you... How can you be such an utter square? Square? I suppose you think you can line up dates for me like, you, like you'd like you rent out a floor-waxing machine. 
Betty, why are you so upset? Have I done something wrong? Wrong? Uh, Jim. Dad, have I ever been embarrassed? <laughs> Bud, not now. Well, I'd like to know what all the fuss is about. Father, we are not living in the feudal age anymore. I didn't say we were. You act like it. Girls are not put on the auction block and sold like livestock nowadays, Father. For goodness sake, Betty, all I did was... All you did was arrange a little date for me on the very night I always go to the library with Ralph. Well, it's not going to hurt you to miss going to the library one night. It's not the library, it's Ralph. Well, you're not engaged to Ralph. Besides, I'm not asking you to marry the Brownell boy. Just a courtesy toward a What does he look like? Well, he's a... His uh, name is Leonard. I didn't ask that. What does he look like? Well, he's, uh... He's, uh... Well, to tell the truth, I've never seen him. (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's just great. But I'm sure he's a fine-looking chap. His father's fairly nice-looking. Did you get me a date with his father, too? (laughs) Betty, please. Your father was just trying to do something nice. Hmm. Gosh, you'd think I'd suggested blowing up the city hall or something. Dad. Yeah? Have I ever been embarrassed? (laughs) You? Embarrassed? Never. How do you like that? I get nothing but bad breaks. Father. Now I'll probably flunk English this semester. Father. Hey, that'd be embarrassing if I flunked. (laughs) Father. No, I'll be too late to write about it then. But will you keep quiet for half a second? Look, Tallulah, I got problems, too. Talk about problems? Who's going to help me with my taffy? I had no idea things were so bad. <laughs> Father, what color hair does he have? Who? Leonard. I don't know, Betty. I told you I've never seen him. What I want to know is why his father is so anxious to get dates for him. Must be a real dud. His father had nothing to do with it. It was my idea. How tall is he? Betty, I don't know. Probably a good foot and a half shorter than I am. I can just see myself galloping around the dance floor with this little squirt. Betty, he's no little squirt. How do you know you've never seen him? Look, Betty, I'm sorry this happened. I'll call up Brownell and tell him the whole thing is off. Does he have a car? Well, he must have. He's going to call for you. Probably on a motorcycle. What's wrong with a motorcycle? Not a thing in the world. It's just dandy. I must call up all my friends and tell them to watch for me and Shorty to drive down Main Street on it. All right, all right. I just hope he remembers to take his goggles off while we're dancing. What kind of a motorcycle has he got, Dan? (laughs) I don't know. Jim, where are you going? I'll be back. But your dinner will... right there. I'll be back. Betty, I'm afraid you were a little harsh on your father. Well, what did you expect me to do? If I let him get away with this, there's no telling what it'll lead to. (laughs) He's not trying to get away with anything. I understand perfectly how you feel, Betty. And I don't blame you. But you're making a mountain out of a molehill. But, Mother... We got a molehill in the backyard. I'm not an article of merchandise. Did you see it? That can be bought or traded or... About a foot from the catalpa tree. Bud, will you hush up? Holy cow. I can't hear myself think around here. A fella tries to join in the conversation and he gets his head knocked off. Mommy, could you make two-toned? Two-toned what? Taffy. 
<laughs> well, when you get through pulling it and dropping it on the floor a few times, it generally is two-toned. Anyway, Mother, if Father thinks... Betty, your father was merely trying to do something nice, just a friendly gesture toward a business associate. Some friendly gesture? It's just breaking me and Ralph up, that's all. No, it isn't. You can surely explain to Ralph that it was your father's idea, not yours. Oh, sure. Nothing to it. Well, that's that. Do you want me to heat up your dinner, Jim? No, this is fine. Uh-oh, that's probably him calling. Ask him what kind of motorcycle it is. I'm not going to talk to him. Well, it's not him, so stop worrying. I'll go answer it. Leonard is probably going to suggest taking me out to the motorcycle races. Gee, I wish I could go along. You can have him all to your own sweet self for all I care. Betty, if you'll stop moaning for half a minute, I've got some news for you. Wait a minute, I can't go after all. I've got to stay home and figure out when I was embarrassed. <laughs> it's for you, Betty. Is it Leonard? Nope. Thank heaven. It's some girl. Oh, I hope I never go through another evening like this again. I feel as though I committed treason or something. Well, I admit she's carrying on rather elaborately, but you must remember these are very important things to a young girl. They're very sensitive about them. Uh, evidently. Well, it's all over now, anyway. What do you mean, it's all over? I called Brownell just now, called the date off. You did? I tell you, it was pretty embarrassing, too. Now, why couldn't that have been me? <laughs> Dad, you get all the breaks. <laughs> Don't I, though? Dad, if I walked down to the drugstore in long underwear, would I be embarrassed? I doubt it. <laughs> I don't think it would make much of a theme anyway. Oh, that Ralph, that Ralph, that deceitful. Oh, dear, what's wrong now? You know who that was calling? Florence Pembroke. So? Ralph told her to call me and tell me that he couldn't take me to the library tonight because he and she are working together on the float committee for homecoming day. Well, that's too bad, honey, What but... does he see in that Florence Pembroke? Betty, he doesn't see anything in her. He's merely on a committee with her. Oh, sure. Probably arranged it himself. But I got even with that little pipsqueak. I told her to tell Mr. Ralph about my date with Leonard. <laughs> with Leonard? I told her to tell him where we were going, too, so that he can see for himself. Well, just a minute, Betty. You don't have a date with Leonard. I what? I called Brownell and canceled it. Oh, Father! How could you do a thing like that? Oh, me. I didn't tell you to cancel it, did I? No, not in so many words. But the way you were carrying on... Oh, Father, Father, call him up again. What? Tell him to tell Leonard to make it 8.15 instead of 8. I need more time to get dressed. I want to look real glamorous. Now, listen here, Betty. I'm not going to do this. I called him once and... Father, do you want to make a liar out of your own daughter? Well, no, certainly not, Well, but... then call him. I told Florence I was going out with a handsome man from out of town in a big, beautiful convertible. What happened to his motorcycle? <laughs> Call him, Father. You've got to. Well, all right. But you've got to stick to this. Don't worry. It's not going to be easy, I'll tell you that. Mother, what do you think I ought to wear? Can I wear those glittery pumps of yours? You better wear flat heels as long as he's shorter than you. He is not. Are you sure this is the same kid that's got the motorcycle? Which one is Leonard? Oh, children, stop asking so many questions. This thing is confusing enough as it is. 
Mother, should I wear my chartreuse dress, the off-the-shoulder one? Yes, that'd be nice. I look awful in it. <laughs> well, it's all set again, but we were just lucky. Two minutes later, and we'd have missed them. They were just going out to a movie. Uh-oh, I bet that's old Ralph. Hmm, I knew he'd be calling up. What do you want me to tell him? I want to tell him myself. Oh, this is the day I've been waiting for. <laughs> I can tell you one thing. This is the last time I ever muscle in on Cupid's territory. I sure felt silly calling Brownell again, making up a lot of nonsense about misunderstandings and all. I don't think he much believed anything I was saying. You should have invited him over to spend the evening here. Well, I thought of it, but somehow I felt that the less we see of each other right now, the better. Dad, uh, did Mr. Brownell say what Leonard had done with his motorcycle? <laughs> Look, son, I've had a hard day and... Father. Yes? Father, could you do me one little teeny-weeny tiny little favor? Well, that all depends. What is it? Um, would you call Mr. Brownell and tell him I can't go? What? Now, don't explode, Father. Ralph said Florence got the message all mixed up. He was just going to be a little late, is all. Now, listen here, and, Betty. Oh, he was I... so upset about me having another date. He was just sick over it. So what could I do, Father? Betty... He canceled the whole float meeting, and he's going to take me to the dance himself. He's so sweet. Oh, I give up. So will you call, Father? No. But, Father, I can't have two dates. Well, there's nothing I can do about it. Oh! <laughs> now, Betty. Wait, Betty. Oh, me. Um, Jim, you started this. Uh, maybe you ought to figure it out to the finish. Yeah, I suppose so. But how? Dad. Yes, bud? Try to think of something embarrassing, will you? At this point in her life, Betty is faced with the prospect of having two dates for the evening, Ralph and the son of Jim's vice president. However, the problem of solving this situation has been tossed squarely in Jim's lap. He's pretty busy right now pacing the floor of the den where young Bud is laboring over his school theme. Like this. Hey, Dad, uh, listen to this now. See how it sounds. Yeah, that sounds fine. I haven't read it yet. Oh. My most embarrassing... But I'm trying to concentrate on a little problem right now. Well, this will just take a second. My most embarrassing moment by Bud Anderson. Pretty good so far, huh? Very good. One day, when I was a young boy of a few years ago... Does that sound right? Fine. Uh, one day, when I was a young boy of a few years ago, I went way out to the country to visit my grandfather, and he told me to... Told you to what? Well, I thought maybe you could just suggest something to go in there, as long as I got it started. That's the hard part, getting started. Look, Bud, you'll have to work that out for yourself tonight. I've got my hands pretty full with Betty's problem. Gosh, I'd think she'd be happy to have two dates, make her look real popular. Well, it doesn't work out very well, somehow or other. Too bad Betty isn't twins. Hey, wait a minute. I believe that's it. Sure, we'll get another girl. What for? Another girl to go along, make it a foursome. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't think of this before. 
Janie Liggett's the girl. I'll call her right now. Do you know the Liggett's number? Oh, it's scribbled down there someplace. Must be. Wait, I think this is it. Yes, Janie. Now let's get me straightened out. Surely something embarrassing ought to happen when a boy goes to visit his grandfather. Don't bother me now, bud. Would it help any if I went to visit my uncle? (laughs) Hello? I'd like to speak to Jenny Liggett, please. Oh, (laughs) I didn't recognize your voice, Jenny. Uh, This is Betty's father. I'm fine. Listen, Janie, a little situation has come up here. Uh, Betty has an extra boyfriend for the evening, and we thought maybe you might join her and make it a foursome. Well, I admit it's awfully late to be calling, but this whole thing came up rather unexpectedly. Uh, Ralph and an out-of-town boy. I I guess about 8 o'clock. So why don't you come over as soon as you're ready, and you can start from here. Well, fine, Janie, and thanks very much. Goodbye. Well, that was simple. Hey, Dad, uh, listen. One day, when I was a young boy of a few years ago, I went way out to the country to visit my grandfather, and he told me to go back home. That'd be embarrassing, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be right back. One day, when I was a young boy over at my uncle's... Betty! Betty! She's up here, dear. I've got some good news. Daddy, you ready to help me pull taffy now? Uh, later, kitten. Well, wait, Daddy. I want you to taste it. Well, I'll be down in a minute. Betty, are you in your room? Naturally. Oh, well, uh, you'll be glad to know that I've got everything straightened out for you. What did you do, call Mr. Brownell? No, I didn't. You didn't call Ralph, did you? No, Princess, I did not. Well, what did you do? Yes, just what did you do, dear? I'm a little curious myself. It was very simple. I called Janie Liggett, and she's going to make it a foursome. You... you did what? I just told you I called Janie Liggett. Oh, Father, no. Well, what's wrong with that? Listen, Father... Go ahead, blindfold me and line me up in front of the firing squad. Just who is going to be Janie's date? Well, work that out any way you like. Let her go with Leonard. Oh, I see, and let her have all the fun. (laughs) Betty, it was merely a suggestion. What if he turns out to be good-looking and a dreamy dancer and a lot of fun? Betty, I merely... Janie always thinks she can get all the new boys in town. All right, then. You go with Leonard and let Janie go with Ralph. With Ralph? Yes, I wouldn't trust her with Ralph if I had them chained in a fishbowl. Oh, me, I give up. Do you want me to tell you something about that Janie Liggett? You, Betty, you upstairs. Is that you, Janie, honey? Shall I come up? Yes, darling. Father, I could strangle you for this. Right now, I'd welcome it. It'll never work out. Just simply will not work out. Well, I don't know what else to do. Gee, Betty, is that my date? Oh, hello, Mrs. Anderson. Hello, Janie. Mr. Anderson. Hi. Uh, Betty, is that my date downstairs? Downstairs? I don't know. Who's down there? I don't know. I got a glimpse of some fellow sitting in the living room talking to Kathy. She was asking him where his motorcycle was. (laughs) That must be Leonard. He and Kathy are pulling Taffy. Hope that's not his idea of a good time. Uh, Jim, I think you'd better go down there and rescue the poor boy. Yeah, okay. Hey, Dad, I believe I've got the idea for my theme now. Uh, listen to this. Well, uh, read it to your mother. I've got a little job to attend to right now. Well, uh, listen, Mom. Oh, hello, Janie. My most embarrassing moment by Bud Anderson. And then I just leave the rest of it blank. Leave it blank? Yeah. And then when the teacher asks me to get up and read my theme, boy, will I be embarrassed. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
but the idea is to write a theme, not get embarrassed. Yeah, but, Mom, you see... Oh, come I... on, come on downstairs, and I'll help you work on it. I got one other idea about visiting my grandfather, but it's not so hard. Tell me, Janie, um, what does he look like? The boy downstairs? Yes. Well, I didn't really get a good look at him. Well, you didn't, huh? No. But I believe he has dark, wavy hair and blue eyes. And he's wearing a brown gabardine suit with a tan pinstripe shirt and dark green tie with socks to match. Brown scotch green shoes, and he's got a fraternity pin on. What fraternity? I told you. I didn't get a good look at him. <laughs> oh. What'd you say his name was? Leonard. Dark, wavy hair, did you say? Uh-huh. He's dreamy. I hope he's a good dancer as long as I'm going to have to dance with him all evening. Uh, Janie, you know, he's the son of the vice president of Father's Insurance Company. Oh, really? And, um, this date is sort of a business gesture for Father. So what am I supposed to do, talk about insurance all evening? No, um, what I mean is, well, Father would sort of like me to go with Leonard. It's Father's idea, you understand. Oh. Oh, so then do I get Ralph? Well, not exactly. Well, just what cozy little arrangement have you got worked out? Well, you see, Janie... Betty, could we speak to you a minute? Uh, just a second, Father. I'm coming. Oh, gee, Betty, I forgot my lipstick. Have you got one I can borrow? Look on the vanity there. Okay. Yes, Father, what is it? You and Mother look like you've just seen a ghost. Uh, go on, Jim. Tell her. Well, uh, something has just come up, and... Uh... Well, what is it? Well, Betty, uh, both the boys are here now, and it seems that Ralph got to worrying a little bit about the boy you were supposed to have a date with. Worrying? Yes, so he, uh, he brought Florence Pembroke along as a date for him. <laughs> brought Florence along? Now, just keep calm, Betty. Remember, this wasn't my idea, and I'm sure there's some way we can work it out. Why, that's wonderful, Father. What? Well, that solves everything, Father. Betty, are you sure you heard what I said? Why, certainly. Now both Florence and Janie can go with Ralph, but that way neither one of them will really have him, and I can go with Leonard. Hurry up, Janie! I'm coming! Good night, Father. Good night, Mother. Bye, Mrs. Anderson, Mr. Anderson. Well. Well. Margaret, if I live to be a thousand years old, there's one thing I'll never understand. And that's girls. <laughs> well, sometime when you have a moment, dear, come into the den and we'll have a little talk. The gay fivesome is now on its way to the dance, and ex-matchmaker Jim is still pondering the complexities of the tender feminine mind. As he wearily pulls Taffy with Kathy and listens to the workings of the young male mind, like this. Now, I could start it out like this, Dan. Uh-huh. Once upon a time ago, when I was a boy, and I went out swimming and some other boy stole my pants... But that's not going to work. But I've got an idea. Change the title to... The most embarrassing moment of a friend of mine And started out like this Shoot, I'm ready Once upon a time, I knew a man who had a daughter 
Now, this man had a strange idea that he could arrange a date for his daughter. So one day, this misguided man... Join us again next week when we'll be back with Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young as Jim Anderson. In our cast, Regine Vanderpile as Margaret, Rhoda Williams, Ted Donaldson, Helen Strom, and Mary Lee Robb. Father Knows Best, based on characters created by Ed James, was transcribed in Hollywood and written by Paul West and Roswell Rogers. This is Bill Foreman speaking. Twenty-eight magic programs start the fourth on NBC. That was Father Knows Best as originally heard on NBC back on the 1st of October in 1953. The name of that episode was A Date Mix-Up. Pretty good story, don't you think? I think it was. One thing I was always aware of on Father Knows Best is that they were reading a script. I, I don't know how else to put it. I don't want to say the acting was bad, because I don't think that was true, but there was something about it that I was just so aware that they were reading. And a lot of the timing could have been very, very good if you weren't aware of that. I, I mean, the conversations were set up where they popped, you know. One person would comment on something and somebody else would come right back. Somebody would change the subject in the background. And it was snappy. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. Kind of a snappy dialogue. But it just never was pulled off very well on the radio, I don't think. Robert Young was never real happy with the show either on the radio. And when they decided to go to TV, he didn't like, for instance, the laugh of the audience. And my wife, has con Carol's commented on that several times when we'll listen to Father Knows Best. She'll say, they shouldn't be laughing there. Or, I thought that was funny. How come they're not laughing? I don't know. I don't think they used a laugh track. Maybe they did. I don't know. That's something. If you know, if anybody knows about that, send me an email. When they went to the television show, Robert Young always wanted a warm family show that was plot-driven and character-driven. It wasn't just for laughs. And he wanted uh, sensitive scripts, scripts that would make you feel good and warm and family-oriented, you know, that sort of thing. And as a result, because he wanted to make those changes, he felt it was best to just have a whole new cast, with the exception, of course, for himself. So that's where you got Jane Wyatt and Eleanor Donahue and uh, Billy Gray and uh, Lauren Chapin. And I still remember those characters. I enjoy listening to some of the episodes on radio, and some of them I'm just not real hot on. However, I know I don't speak for all of you because I get a lot of requests uh, sent in saying or asking me to play more episodes of Father Knows Best. And we will. We will in the months ahead. Troops, that's all we have for Monday, uh, July the 12th, 2021. Hope you enjoyed our selection today. We are going to go out with a couple of songs from 1953. I have commented before that I'm not a big Eddie Fisher fan, never was, never understood 
why the girls would swoon over him. And I have received responses from you saying that you, some of you, are huge Eddie Fisher fans and thought he was pretty good and remember when he was married to uh, uh, Debbie Reynolds and all of that stuff. I guess he was the uh, most photographed celebrity uh, by the paparazzi type thing back in the early 50s and then of course he went into that big thing with Elizabeth Taylor and all. All right, I get it, I get it. So we're gonna play an Eddie Fisher tune going out. This was the uh, fourth largest selling tune of 1953. And then after that, we're going to have the most popular song of 1953, believe it or not. It was by Percy Faith, who came back several years later with Theme from a Summer Place, which was another huge, huge hit, I think in 59. But this one was uh, the theme from a movie entitled Moulin Rouge that came out in 53. Now they did another uh, movie entitled Moulin Rouge years later. But uh, this one was from 1952 or 53 and it was a uh, uh, pretty popular, pretty popular film. So that's what we got. Hope you have a great, uh, great day everybody. We'll see you tomorrow with our old time radio drama. We'll be back on Wednesday with a mystery and of course on Thursday with a Western. This is Bob Rowe. So glad you stopped by and I'm so glad you met me. Look over 
should go wrong, dear, and fate is unkind, look over your shoulder, I'm walking Tell 